Welcome to Calvary Albuquerque. We pursue the God who is passionately pursuing a lost world. We do this with one another. Through worship, by the word, to the world. Thank you for coming. I wish we had a lot longer than we have, but I want to get to some questions. You were raised in Thailand, am I correct? Yes. So you went back there. You came to America. Back to America. You're an American, but you, you came from Thailand being raised there, and you joined the American military. Right. Why did you want to do that? Well, ever since I was a little kid, three or four years old, I'd crawl around at night by myself outside pulling security around the house. And my dad taught me how to shoot when I was five. And I thought, I remember one time, my, my parents are missionaries, and they're still in Thailand. They're in their 80s, still working. But I remember as a little kid, I thought, one day I'll be a soldier, and then I'll be a missionary. I had no idea huh. why I thought that. And that's what you became. You became a soldier and then a missionary. Right. So you came and you were in the Special Forces, Green Beret, which? Both. Well, I was Special Forces and Rangers, Second Ranger. It shows you how much I know about the military. It's all the same. Okay, so um, what what was your career? What, What Where were you going with this? Well, I was in the infantry and then the Rangers and then Special Forces. So I was in the group of people who liked to do that stuff all the time. And by the time I made captain, which is about nine or so years into it, I had a decision to make. Am I going to stay in or get out? And I decided to get out. That was a year of praying about that. And they promoted me anyway. Huh. But I thought, I felt God, I'm cutting a lot of the story out. No, I know. But I, so, but I, I want, how, how then do you go from the military back to Thailand? What was that about? Okay. Well, the real story is, I, I hate telling the story because I look like such an idiot, but I am an idiot. But God is good. The real story is, I, I put myself first, God second, and everybody else last. And I was a warrior, man. Ah, you know. And I got married just because I wanted to. Bad decision, that particular one. Poor girl. Anyways, after three years, she left. I thought I was a great guy. And um, I, I remember praying, and I got myself on my knees. I didn't get myself on my knees. I was on my knees crying. And I closed my eyes, and I said, God, what's the truth of it? And I know we're way off script now, but I, I, I closed my eyes and I saw the universe and I was standing on the earth and I saw a crack in the out, outer black space coming through the blue of the atmosphere of the world through me, through the earth, out the other side. That is divorce. I thought, whoa, that's a big deal. No matter who you want to blame, hmm. that is a big deal, man. Hmm. And I just felt broken and Jesus, forgive me, help me. And I thought, there's no way I could be a missionary now because I'm completely tainted and I'm a loser. So I just said, okay, God, I'll be whatever, whatever you want me to be. And I felt God say, put me first and your men second and you last and be a soldier hmm. or get out and see what happens. And then I read Isaiah 6, 8, where God says, who will go for us? Who shall we send? And Isaiah says, man, you know, I'll go, but I'm a man of unclean lips amongst the people of unclean lips. I'm not qualified. And God purifies him. So to me, that's how the transition happened. In the middle of that, a tribe from Burma came down. And Burma's a country of 65 years of civil war. Came down from Burma to Thailand, met my parents, and said, send that guy to help us. And Referring that's how, to you. To me. 
Because there's a picture of me as a green beret on the wall, and they know what that is. And they said, that guy a Christian? Yes. We are warriors. We need the Lord. Send him. So I asked Karen to marry me. Like, my, the third attempt finally worked. And we were married in Malibu. And then our honeymoon That's was in California. Yeah, you're... California. Okay. It's not out by Espanol or anything. No, just, no, no. Just so you know, it's a different state. Okay. Different place. Okay, so you are highly trained. You have what Liam Neeson called a particular set of skills, right? You're this, you're this kind of warrior-killing machine. And yet you're called to a ministry where those skills are very, very helpful because you know how warfare works and you find people who are distressed because of... Why, why, why are people being hunted over there? Well, in Burma, it, because the dictators want total control of the population. The population is Burman. That's where the dictators come from. But almost half the country are ethnic minorities. And so the dictators look at them as sub, subhuman. Thus, they should do everything the dictators say. They want their land. They want their women. They want them to work as, as free labor. And so the fighting's been going on for all these years. Mm. Now, there are some reforms now happening in Burma, which is also called Myanmar, and there's some positive changes, but bad things are still happening. Three of our team members were killed last year. One of our best guys was just wounded uh, six weeks ago. So Burma's in a flux right now. So we go to give help, hope, and love to those people. And in the middle of that, we were invited to go to Kurdistan. Okay, so... So um, the, these are, are the people that are coming in and doing these atrocities and are attacking these villagers. These are people, these are armies. These are what they would call a legitimate army. It's right. like state-sponsored yep. terrorism. It's the government. So the government is, is ethnically cleansing the area. Yes. And you go in to rescue them. Well, we go in to help them. Yeah. And that's medical help. That's clothes and sometimes food that's training their young people, that's getting the word out. But most of all, it's sharing the gospel that there's no problem too big, there's no enemy too terrible, that Jesus can't bring good from it. And Jesus is going to help you right now. And also, when we leave this earth, we're all going to leave, whether we die under a bullet of a terrorist or we die of old age, we're, we're not here that long. Right. We're not going to so, get out of this alive. Nope, not getting out right. alive. So the question isn't how are you going to die, it's how are you going to live. And Karen started the Good Life Club, which was based on her question, God, can you really have abundant life in a war zone? Is that just a little scripture you read that doesn't apply for certain people at certain places? And we found that life is full of pain and unfairness and suffering, I think for all of us. But God can redeem it and give us joy in the middle of it, which is an impossible math. But that's the whole supernatural part. That, that's one thing when I was in Kurdistan. Some of the Muslims say, do you Christians really believe in the living God? One reason we don't think much of Christians is because you don't really believe in the power of God. We do. We're afraid of Him. And I said, I believe. And that's why we're here tonight, because we know that God sent Jesus, that He can solve our problems, that if we surrender to Him, He can untangle every knot. He can heal us. Mm -hmm. And that's really the message we finally have. That's finally the only thing of eternal value we have to give anyone, whether it's Burma or Kurdistan or Sudan. Dave, how hard was it going from a military setting to the jungles of Burma? Was it a hard transition to go from the military to a missionary? That transition to the jungle and war zones, very easy. Because that's the same life we've always had. Going in, though, not with your power... Not with U.S. military power. That's hard because it's very humbling. And you feel really tiny. Uh, and 
But the other side of it is you get to listen to God. You get to go off God's agenda. You get to see his power. You get to see lives changed. So the physical part is really easy. It's just like being in the army without the air support. Okay. Okay. Without that air support. Without right? that right? air you support. Got, you got bigger air support going on. Much bigger. Okay. So when you went to Burma, you met a guy named Ilya. He was featured in there. Is that right? Yes. One of okay. the medics. So, and, and, and he was... Um, uh, he joined your team, and one of the fascinating things you told me last time is not everybody on your team, you can script people who are warriors that have the particular set of skills that you're looking for. They're not all believers. They're nope. not like, they don't all come from churches. They, they have a rough background. These are people who have killed. They have a sordid background. They got their own baggage. But in the process, many of them, if not most of them, come to know the Lord. They get baptized. Am I reading that correctly? You are. And that's the power of God. And I... I don't know what it's going to be like in heaven, but for me, I'm really glad a bunch of guys that aren't that great like me. And the people God put us with, the very first rangers that joined us, one was Ilya, champion kickboxer, super medic, super soldier, drinks way too much, did many other things that aren't good, but he can tell his own story. And he's the first guy that joined us. The second guy to join us was an animist, worshiped spirits, didn't believe in God. The third guy was Monkey, the guy who made the film. Who wasn't sure there was a God. Why is he called monkey? Just everybody wants to know. They're just not okay. asking. Because everybody in our group has a name. Um, I'm fa- our, my kids are white monkey, baby bear, and baby tiger. I'm father of the white monkey. My wife is mother of the white monkey. Um, Jesse is red panda because the color of his remaining hair. And everybody has a name. Ilya is mad dog. And monkey is black monkey, my daughter's white monkey, and because he acts like one sometimes. So he didn't believe in God, and now he's the pastor of all our teams. And the fourth person was a murderer who mocked us at first. He saw us going out. He goes, you're going to go help people, man. you got to kill the Burma army. If you're not killing the Burma army, you're doing nothing. And it reminded me of, of something that a friend of mine said to me about our work, which I believe is true about all of our work, is that no matter how small... If God's in it, it's eternal. And so these four guys, they all changed. Monkey is now the pastor of all our teams. The guy who worships spirits, Jesus started coming to him in dreams. He's a Christian. Ilya has, I I don't say, he still enjoys a good beer or two, but it doesn't dominate his life anymore. And he's straight with his wife. And he's the anchor of our whole organization. And the murderer stopped murdering people and studies the Bible and goes to church. Anyways, that's what God does. And in me... That's progress. Yes. And he's transformed your life. Yeah. And, and it, to me, some people have a real fast change. I feel, to me, it was a real slow process. <laughs> and so whenever I can remember, and I want to encourage you all, be patient with people. God is so patient with us. Sometimes we change fast in one area of life and real slow in others. But God keeps using us. And it's thought, thought, I thought of this when I came to America this time. None of us are that great. Every one of us probably will let the other one down sometime but we're all we got we're all we got this is what god put on this world just us there's no one better than us so we need to stick together forgive each other and we depend on god that's the one that's not going to fail wow that's good that was worth the price of admission right there okay so you've been uh, headquartered in thailand work in burma myanmar but you've also gone to the nuba mountains of sudan and then you've gone to Iraq. And um, we actually have a picture, I think, of you and I in Iraq. Well, there's a picture of you. Oh, there we are. Okay. Awesome. In the hotel. That was in Erbil. That yes. was on my phone, I think. It's yeah. a little selfie. 
So how come you're so big, man? <laughs> and he's got hair too. You got everything. Uh, well, we got smiles. That yeah. was that was good. So our our paths cross, and let me just say, the way we feel as a church and as a mission organization, Reload Love. We feel like you guys were the find of the century. That's how we, we see it. I mean, you, you guys are the find, of, spiritually speaking, of the century. Wow. I mean, you're, you're doing it already. We're just coming alongside of you and helping you out a little bit. But y- you guys are the superstars. So we feel like it was just the Lord brought our paths together. Would you tell us kind of how the Lord did that? All right. Well, there's other people who help us out that don't want to be named. And they introduced us to y'all. And Linya and Jen and Murray. Oh, and uh, no, Jared. Jared. And Betty. Right? Becky, boy. Are are you here, Becky? I'm sorry. (laughs) So they came to Thailand on an exploration trip, what Reload Love should do. And we instantly felt loved, appreciated, convicted, and inspired by your team. And they start helping us right away. Like Becky bought this, bought Ilya a tractor, just boom, like that, which he already flipped, but it still works. He's got it back up and moving. And um, and then we we went to Kurdistan the first time. Some of y'all know Victor Marks because yeah, he was here. He was just here. Victor Marks physically got us to Kurdistan on the first trip, where I met you. He paid for the whole thing. Oh. Wow. So we get there, we felt, I remember standing in front, after I met you, I went out and I was near Mosul, and Mosul's the a, a second biggest city in Iraq, and ISIS has it. It's There's, Nineveh. It's, it's ancient, Nineveh. It's modern Nineveh. And Nineveh is actually where the Christian state, mm-hmm. and they all fled, and there's a black flag of ISIS, and I remember asking God, um, how do I pray? And I prayed three things. One, that ISIS would be stopped. Two, Kurdistan would be free. And three, the hearts of all enemies would change to follow Jesus. And then I said, okay, God, that's my prayer. Now, what are we going to do about it? We're not qualified to work in the desert, on vehicles. Can't speak Arabic or Kurdish. We're useless. And I don't know about y'all, but God speaks to me sometimes very clearly. And this was one of them. Dave, give up your own way. Give up the free Burma Ranger way and just help these people. Hmm. I thought, okay. Well, then I relayed that to Lenya and Jen and others and Reload Love and I'm just getting to your question. So we started getting feedback from y'all that we should go. And this was spiritual feedback. So then we felt convicted. Okay, God wants us to go. Our friends want us to go. We're not crazy. How are we going to pay for it? Because finally, you don't just fly over with your arms like this. And one week to, to spare before we had to start spending money, you guys gave us a bunch of money. And I, I remember told our team, you guys ever know these Reload Love people? We're going. And that's how you got us there, by prayer, by authenticating that what we were was listening to God, and then by helping us physically get there. So you brought your teams to Iraq, and am I right? And just jump in any, anywhere you want, but were you helping to train the Peshmerga army, like on your skill set, doing what you do in Burma with, with what they're doing in, in Iraq, and then also you're doing a good life club for kids there as well? What were some of the activities? Well, we had our plan, which I was really glad God told me, give up your ideas. We had our plan, how we're going to run the training and and so on. And Jesse was there with us helping set it up. We got there and that plan's all changed. They said, everybody's on the front line. Everybody. Everybody takes a 10-day rotation. So every able-bodied male in this 
church would 10 days a month you'd be on the front line otherwise ice is going to sweep over kurdistan so you can't train them and back end up somewhere you've got to go to the very front and we only want you to spend three or four days here because we have such a need that we want you to go as many places as you can so we'd go three to five days literally like this is sandbags right here and the enemy's there you'd be training like back there and we mostly just did very simple medicine which was you know you get shot before that they have no in the american army you have let's say every 40 men there's a one medic in kurdistan maybe every thousand two thousand one medic so a guy would get shot and just bleed out so is um pressure how do you stop the bleeding tourniquet just the very basic steps how do you start an iv how do you move somebody we did that three or four days three or four days three or four days and then monkey and saheli taught video and there was two purposes of video one was for their own use however they want to use it but second is to tell their own story you don't need to wait for media you're there you can tell the story and then we taught them map compass gps and every morning we start with prayer and i would share my testimony and I, I remember I called my dad by satellite phone. He's a missionary. Dad, how do you share the gospel with the Muslims? I don't know anything. He said, Jesus is in the Quran. Start there. Mm. And then meantime, Karen and the kids would be back with, um, they were only at one place where there was a village near the front line. Other than that, no villages left. It was a Christian village by a monastery. So we did programs every day for that village. And then we're up on Sinjar Mountain in the north where the Yazidis are. And then Karen and the kids did Good Life Club with there's 8,000 people up there wow so we ran out of everything pretty fast we know what we're going to bring next time but we could share the gospel we could give some help we could help tell their story and i'm really grateful y'all watched that video today because when we were in kurdistan people kept saying tell the world about us and i can say we told them we told people in new mexico Mm. okay okay One of the things we saw in the video was your family. You take your, you weren't just there in Iraq. You had your family in Iraq in the front lines and you take your family with you to these dangerous places. Are you crazy? <laughs> so t- just tell us about that because that is one of the, I guess if we were to go on a trip with you, that's what we would see and it would astonish most of us. Tell us your thinking. Wow. Well, we always put every decision up to the Lord and our friends, and that includes you all, and my dear wife in prayer. What should we do? If we lose our kids, could we live with ourselves? Are Are we crazy? And can we face that? Is it worth it? But to me, it the answer I get back is, these are God's kids. He gave them to us. We're a family unit. I mean, one time going in Sudan, my daughter, Suzanne, said, Daddy, we're not just a family. We're a team. Mm. And that's how I feel. Mm. They're a team. When they were little bitty babies and we carried them in, we carried them in because we'd have to, we, where would we leave them? And we love being with them. And the people that were going to go help, they had their kids born every day there. So we couldn't just say, well, you know, my kids are more th- important than yours. And we found that when we go with a family, all the doors open. Huh. Like someone in, in Sudan said, we trust you because you don't want anything from us. You brought your most precious things with you. And that's how it is. We do it because we feel God gave us that opportunity. We do it because we love our kids and being with them. We think it's a great upbringing for them. And because it it connects us with the people so so deeply. And in Kurdistan, it opened every door. Like, oh, your family's here? Okay, you're for real. Go. But our, our general policy, which the Holy Spirit can override any time, is prayer. But if a family is there, our family is there. 
Doesn't matter how many bullets are flying. But if no family is there, then probably Karen and the kids should not be there. That's kind of the rough. If it's a big firefight happening there, we don't just say, okay, kids, go. Right. No, it's like moms are the same everywhere over the world. When the shooting happens there, they've got the kids that are going there. Mm-hmm. And our kids are going with them. So it's actually rare when it's really close. But your kids are pretty well trained, right? I mean, they they, are. They, they've got their own skill set. They, they can are. run, they can walk for days, they can carry stuff. Plus, if, and Lenya told me about this system you have when, when they're out and you call colors or something. Would you explain, do you mind doing that? I don't, I don't know where they are. Red, blue, green, post. Well, it works except when you're in church. Well, you got one. Okay, I got, the other is escape. Huh? You can go back. So, the others are out of earshot. But no, they, since they're little, I, I was thinking as you asked the question, I think it's the same as our history as, as Americans. Um, when, when, when Americans came west, they didn't just come one man walking west. The whole family came. And so when you're two or three years old, you're already gathering firewood. When you're four, you're starting to use an axe. When you're five, you learn to shoot. You know, when you're seven, you're out there getting animals. When you're five again, you're pulling the cow in from mom to milk. And that's how the kids have grown up. So to them, it's no big jump. They walk all day, that's normal. They carry a load, that's normal. People shoot, okay, that's scary, but that's kind of the life we live, and they've, they've been raised like that. Hmm. And the people they're working with, the Bur- people of Burma, who've been under attack their whole lives, they're in with them. So it seems normal. So you have these color. You call them whenever you need to bring them close to you because you don't know what's going on outside or, or what? Yeah, it's also good kid control. Because when they hear that, they mean that means right now. And This is a good lesson in parenting, actually. <laughs> is this not? Well, also, when you're in an airport or some busy place, you, you, don't, you know, there's many Marks and Johns and Susans. Do you, do you pull that out in an airport? Everywhere I need them. <laughs> I just yell it out. And they go... And they come like that. Just curious, do people come up to you and say, what did you just <laughs> magically do with your children? <laughs> well, I thank God. You know, Eric Little was this great runner and later became a missionary from Scotland. He said, God made me fast. I feel his pleasure when I run. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. That's it. (laughs) Right. That's it. And I think God has made us all differently. And I thank God that we can do what we love to do. And the kids love it. I mean, you have to interview them separately to get the authentic answer. Not the authentic, their answer. But they do love it. And they feel like they're part of the team. Dave, when you think about the future, future of what you guys are doing, in Burma, in Iraq, in Sudan. Um, how do you see the partnership with us, with Reload Love? Wow. I hope we get deeper and deeper. I got a, a note from Reload Love today at the hotel y'all put us in saying that we're a family. I can't remember their words, but the gist of the words were, we're a family together for God, following Jesus against oppression of all kinds. Mm. I thought, wow, man, we can be that with y'all. And I, I see it as a partnership of you're sharing your spiritual resources with us. We're not really that good. We're, we're, we're like midgets in the faith, our teams and myself. And so what I've seen already is your influence, how you all live, what you all do, builds us up spiritually. And then you give us other resources. We can do more things like went to Kurdistan. And so I don't know what the future is, but we're already talking about some of you all coming with us. And I was telling you at, at the dinner we had a pastor come with us, and he, because he's like you, he's actually a professional, he can say and do things I can't say. 
he remembers stuff I can't remember. And he was sharing the gospel with these Muslim soldiers in a way I could not. So I look at that kind of partnership with y'all and Reload Love. Can I ask you a political question of sorts or a policy question? Sure. Let's do this. Um, With all that is happening in the Middle East, you've seen it firsthand. You also have heard of policies either of America or of other countries. No boots on the ground. Stay out of it. What is the, what would you recommend we as a country do and other nations do? So if you could rule the world for a day, I guess that's... <laughs> It'd be a, in trouble. Okay. We surf a lot, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're on. So, so what would you do? What, would you, what should we do about ISIS? I, I think the very first thing is we have to face reality. And the reality is there is a God in heaven who acts in the lives of people. And he sent his son, Jesus. And so the very first thing then is to pray to this God who has a solution. There's nothing too complicated. You said I could be the king, right? So I would say, I would like the Old Testament. We're going to call a fast. You don't have to fast, but some of us are. And we're going to pray and God will give us the answer like he did for Israel when they listened. That's the first thing. And then when I look at the ground, I think, second thing is you can't do everything. We can't fix everything. But it's amazing almost everything that comes in front of me that has something you know, specific, I actually can do something. God gives me the ability to. And so we don't need to save the whole world. We can't. But we're already involved in Iraq. We're involved against ISIS and for many other people. We can do that one. We can do it. We have a lot of young men and women in this country that said, send me, I'll go. Mm. And we have the money and the power to do it, and the people want us to help. When I was in Kurdistan, they were saying, sometimes you're like a big friend that can help us, but you won't. Why don't you? We love you. Don't you love us? And so my, my thought would be, Go to help all the people that ISIS is attacking. All the humanitarian help you can give. And then you're going to need to give more than that because ISIS is not going to be won over by presence right now. Maybe later, but not now. Then you need to not analyze boots on the ground, not boots on the ground. You have to analyze the problem. The problem is a radical group is going to kill every man, woman, and child. You're not, and you don't worry about boots on the ground. You worry about what does it take to stop them? What does it take right now? Don't worry about the end state. All of life is a process. And I would say we send whatever power we need to stop them and push them out and give the land back to the people that were there. That's what I would do. Can we send you to Washington? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's so good. How can we pray? You mentioned prayer. How can we pray? How can we support? Give specifics. You can pray that we speak and do the things Jesus wants us to do, that we don't get big-headed or get an illusion about what we, what we can do. I think it's prayer to do God's work God's way. And that's the main thing. And then you pray to God yourself, what are you all supposed to do? And maybe it'll have to do with supporting Reload Love or your other ministries here. Maybe it'll have to be you're going to go to Iraq yourself or Burma or Sudan or some other place or Mexico. Or maybe you'll just be within your own family right now. So I my answer to that is just pray and God will tell you that's the best thing when God tells you man there's no stopping you but you, there's speci- there's speci- uh, certain kinds of people you were looking for you told a little group a while ago okay tell us a, a little bit about the kind of people you need the kind of people we need just the covering statement is the kind that God sent so you want to make sure God sent you because no matter how skilled and tough you are or loving you are if God didn't send you you're in the wrong place okay. so that's the first thing the second thing is we need dentists Doctors, computer people, media people, what else? Writing people. I didn't get that one. Oh, finance. Yeah, she went like Smart this. Smart people. 
and administrative people and some of my favorite people who come to join us say like this Dave I don't want to go to the jungle I don't want to get shot at I just want to make all the books straight and organize it thank God for you because we got a lot of people like me that are pretty incompetent in those areas that run around we need people that kind of keep us going in the right way and finally Dave you did you bring books you have a book that you've written about free Burma Rangers there's some books I didn't write it but some friends wrote it okay and there's books and materials out there out, out on the foyer out, out in the east foyer and and if I am not mistaken and tell me if I am they're free all free it's it's all free but we always encourage why not donate to a great cause you know you can take it free but some of you can afford to pay four times what it would cost to buy the book so <laughs> thanks so help out okay we want to pray for you as we close Jared Petro are you here oh great well, you got tennis shoes. Come on, run. Black, 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 black. He, he, here's, would, you, uh, would you close us in prayer? Oh, absolutely. Father, we just thank you for the Eubanks, all that you've done, Lord, how you've uh, united Calvary Albuquerque, Reload Love, and their ministry. Father, we pray that you would just be with them, encourage them, that you would send all the support that is needed, all the resources. Lord, continue to give them wisdom, discernment. And Lord, we just pray just a special covering upon Dave and his family. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jerry. Dave Eubank and family, thank you for what you do. Thank you, my brother. What binds us together is devotion to worshiping our Heavenly Father, dedication to studying His Word, and determination to proclaim our eternal hope in Jesus Christ. For more teachings from Calvary Albuquerque and Skip Heitzig, visit calvaryabq.org.